0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمد الشاكرين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها ونور الأبصار وضيائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها وَصَلَى اللَّهُ وَسَلَّمَا وَبَارَكَ عَلَىٰ سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ كُلَّمَا ذَكَرْكَ الذَّاكِرُونَ وَغَفَلَ عَنْ ذِكْرِكَ الْغَافِلُونَ This, insha'Allah ta'ala, with the will and might of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the first of many lectures on a series of dialogues which I have mentioned and listed in social media with regard to six topics to be covered the first subject was one of the most important subjects and all the six subjects that have been chosen are in fact important but the first one was with regard to the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-asma'u wa sifat al-asma'u in reference to the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as-sifat in reference to the divine attributes of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now the reason for choosing this particular subject is simply because of the claim of the modern salafi movement pseudo salafi movement that ascribes itself to as-salafus salihun the pious predecessors and claims that the creed it embodies alone is the creed of the salaf as-salafus salihun and those who are known as al-asha'ira, who ascribe themselves to al-imam Abu'l-Hassan Ali bin Ismail al-Ash'ari rahimallah ta'ala, who passed away in around 323 in the Hijri calendar, the Islamic calendar. They refer to them as negators of the divine attributes and use derogatory language regarding them. In fact, uh, Spubs Salafi publications which is based here in Birmingham has an entire website ash'aris.com written uh, by an Abu Iyad which uh, on a regular basis makes a mockery of the Ash'aris and claims and equates the Ash'aris with misguided sects like the Jahmiyyah and other sects. So today the the purpose of today's dialogue. And the reason why I refer to it as a dialogue, because there is open questions, people are free to comment on the comment section. Generally, uh, we do not have the admins, uh, the admins blocking people unless they swear or use foul language. There is a free uh, an open section for people to comment on, on the subject as they wish, as long as they avoid a rude behavior and foul language. But A dialogue also because the leading figures of the Salafi movement have been called out for dialogue and debate on this subject numerous times in the past and again that call out is given again with regard to the subject of Al-Asma'u Wa Sifat and the claim that the Asha'ira are negators of the divine attributes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala So the Inception of this discussion starts in reference to Dr. Yasir uh, Qadi from America who made a video, has made numerous videos and claims. but one particular video and segment that I viewed showed Dr. Qadi still espousing antiquated uh, antiquated, uh, concepts uh, regarding la sha'ira. We would say uh, concepts that are forwarded in Salafi literature but have no real academic value. In the sense they are claims made but there there is no truth to those claims. One of those uh, famous claims that was made is that the Ashairah only affirms seven attributes for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is something reiterated by Abdul Rahman Hassan in my discussion with him, the pre-debate discussion on Al-Istigatha, seeking help from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He seemed to have thought that the Ashairah only affirms seven attributes for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Therefore, the claim is that if the Ashairah only affirms seven attributes for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they would negate all the other attributes which have been mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah. And therefore the Ash'ari are not the true followers of the Salaf Salihun. And additionally, they are, are ascribed to a man, Abu Hassan hasan al-Ash'ari who came later. And therefore they are not the true representatives of the Salaf. So this claim, primitive claim that the Ashairah only affirms seven attributes for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been made by Dr. Yasser Qadi and I believe because of being misinformed, not because of a genuine uh, desire to malign the Ashairah uh, with regard to his recent changes uh, and he, the evolution that he's undergoing in terms of uh, redirecting his theology uh, away from the wahhabi najdi movement so seven attributes is inc- i would like to mention are made regarding regarding the ash'a creed is similar to the creed of jahm bin safwan jahad bin dirham these are early names of heretical movements some of them branches and sub-branches of the Mu'tazila, these are particular individuals, Ja'ad bin Dirham and Jahan bin Safwan. And the ascription of the modern Ashā'ira to Jahan bin Safwan is made that the modern Ashā'ira do not hold the creed of As-Salafu Salihun, the pious predecessors and the correct holders of the creed of As-Salafu Salihun, according to this claim, are the Salafis or the pseudo-Salafi movement. In fact, those who have moved away from Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, uh, a Bedouin scholar from the 1700s from Eastern Arabian uh, Peninsula, they have (coughs) repackaged themselves as the true Hanbali atharis. So many people who have moved away from Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab and finally have acknowledged the fact that he was from the Khawarij, as Al-Imam uh, Ibn Abidin, ta'ala, the author of Radul al points out that the Khawarij in his time were the the followers of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab. And likewise, Al-Imam Ahmad al the commentator on the commentary of Jalaluddin al-Suyuti's commentary of the Qur'an, Jalalain, the commentary by the two Jalaluddin's, Jalaluddin, Jalaluddin al-Mahalli and Jalaluddin al-Suyuti, he also points out that the Khawarij, the renegade, the people, the followers of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab. So many of them have acknowledged this, that Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab and his movement was a Khawarij movement. It started out not uh, dissimilar to the ISIS movement that we've had in recent times. So <clears throat> the modern Pseudo Salafi movement claim to be the true followers of Salafus Salihun, and they claim that the Asha'ira specifically negate the divine attributes and are equated with Ja'ad bin Dirham and Jaham bin Safwan. Now, if you check Fathul Bari, volume thirteen. In Fathul Bari, Imam Ibn Hajar al Asqalani, the famous Egyptian uh, Sheikh of Hadith, he points out some of the history of Ja'ad bin Dirham and Jahan bin Safwan and some of the beliefs that they had. And if you compare the beliefs of Ja'ad bin Dirham and bin Safwan with the Ashairah, you will find, if you objectively check, you will find that there is no similarity whatsoever between the Ashairah today and the followers of Jahan bin Safwan or the philosophy of Ja'ham bin Safwan and the theology, the, the belief of the Ashairah. In fact, Jam bin Safwan did not believe in describing Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala with any epithet, with any name. He did not describe to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala any names and attributes. He negated all of them. And eventually he was killed by the governors of the Banu Umayyah. The Banu Umayyah dynasty had governors in that region where he lived in Central Asia or whatever region is mentioned, and he was (coughs) finally both of them. In fact, were killed uh, because they were schismatics. So this claim that the Ashairah only affirms seven attributes. I will go into as to why Dr. Yasser Qadi has made this mistake and has continued even though he has abandoned the Wahhabi movement. He has continued making the mistake of ascribing the misinformation that he has studied in Medina University to the Ash'ari school. So the claim that the Ash'a'ira Nufatul Sifat is based in this, Nufat is negators of attributes, that they negate the attributes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So uh, some of the attributes are mentioned like Yadullah, the hand of Allah, translated as the hand of Allah, or an istiwa, which is mentioned in the Quran, Inna the Rabbihumu Allahu <laughs> Lavi, Samawati Samaawati wa Arda, Thumma Istawa Alarsh, Al Rahmanu Alarsh Istawa, That the Merciful made istiwa upon the throne. Throughout the Quran, I think the istiwa ila al Sama'i, Fasawahunna. Then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala made istiwa, to the heavens, and fashioned them, leveled them to seven heavens. So the claim is made, and this is made by Dr. Yasir al-Qadi, Ana Abdul Rahman Hassan, Ana Abu Khadija and Abu Iyad, wa Iyad, and they, wa atba'um, their followers, they make the claim that the Asha'ira negate all these divine attributes. Yadahu mabsutatan, that Yadahu, he's two, uh, liter- uh, translated generally as his two hands are mabsutatan, open. This claim is made that the Ashairan negate these uh, divine attributes for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once this has been propagated to the followers, and uh, I would have to say that even though these modern Salafi movement claims not to be blind followers or blind adherents, and not to have blind conformity. The majority of the, the lay people, in fact, do fall into blind conformity when it comes to issues of creed and the information that they adopt and take. So when they are told that the Ashairah negate the attributes, they believe this hook, line and sinker. Additionally, if they are told that the modern Ashairah are negators of attributes and similar to Ja'ad bin Dirham or Ja'ham bin Safwan, they accept this wholeheartedly and attempt with all efforts in order to push this agenda and propaganda amongst the people, like propaganda uh, with regard to graves and calling upon other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is our subject next week. But this claim is in fact untrue. So the era, the Ash'ari school, even if we accept the claim that the Ash'ari school had uh, a development from its early stages This is the claim that from Abu al-Hassan al-Ash'ari To the likes of Al-Qadi Abu Bakr al-Baqilani ta'ala, To the likes of later ulama like imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali And then to the late comers uh, Ibrahim al-Bajuri And so many various other ulama The claim is made That the, the Ash'ari school uh, Have developments where they move away from the methodology of as When in reality, anyone who reads the development of the books from Abu al-Hassan al-Ash'ari, all they see is sophistication of arguments. But the essential creed is the same, even though they will dispute finer points, which are not real issues, a violation of ijma consensus or violation of any agreed upon belief of as salafus Salihun. So this is an additional propaganda that is peddled today, that the ash'aira, aside from being negators of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do not represent the the creed of a salifu Salihun. And additionally, the modern ash'aira are no different to Ja'ad bin Dirham and Jahm bin Safwan. The titles that are, are given that they are Jahmiya, uh, Mu'attila, Jahmiya, an inscription to Jahm bin Safwan, Mu'attila, which means those who remove the divine attributes in ascribing the divine attributes to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, therefore, it's essential that we understand the claim that is being made regarding the era, Even though the term salafi is a recent uh, meaning, the the coinage of the word salafi was from the late 1800s to the early 1900s with the reformist movements in Egypt. The reformist movements led by Muhammad Abdul Rashid Rida and al-Afghani, they were the ones to formulate this identifi- identif- uh, identification of a Salafi, meaning an ascription to Salafi Salihun. Earlier generations did not use the term a Salafi. They did not use the term even though conceptually the the concept comes from the hadith of the Messenger of Allah. وسلم, قرني, يلونهم, the best of generations is my generation, then the one that comes after them, and then the one that comes after them. This is known as القرون, the best times a person ascribes themselves to the best of times in order to say that they follow a Now, who are the correct followers of a Salafu Our Da'wah, our claim is that Ahl Sunnati Wal Jama'ah, the classic uh, term of Ahl Sunnati Wal Jama'ah is inclusive of the three schools of creed, which is those who later became known as Al Ashairah, as well as the Maturidiyah, as well as the Atharis, who are the followers of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal. Even though these were <coughs> names given later after development of articulation of the particular creed the these three schools represented the the positions of ashabatul kiram the companions of the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the development occurred after abu mansur al-maturidi muhammad bin muhammad al-maturidi imam abu, uh, abu hassan ali bin ismail al-ash'ari and the likes of Imam Abu Ja'far al-Tahawi and Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahallahu jami'an, Allah have mercy on all of them, this umbrella group became known as Ahl al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah. In the faru' in the subsidiary fiqh rulings in jurisprudence, there were more than four schools initially, but then with the turning of time, the, the, the turning of the days and time, the rest of the schools, the other schools, <clears throat> they dissipated, they became extinct, and only four schools remained. And today those four schools and the followers of the four schools are known as Ahl sunnati wal-Jama'ah. There is no real deep distinction between the three schools of Aqidah. In primary things they agree. In fact, the likes of Al-Imam Tajuddin al-Subki rahmallahu ta'ala point out that they only differ on six points which have no real... Uh, no real effect in terms of a person becoming an innovator only six minor differences amongst themselves so while the athari school is also similar to the ashari and maturidi school later the development of what became known as the salafi school or the wahhabi school is different to the Athari Hanbali school. They are two different things. And this uh, I will be upon later. But before going on to that, I want to mention how the Ash'ari school, in fact, is do not fall under Nufatu Sifat, negators of the divine attributes of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa (coughs) Ta'ala. The Sifat that Dr. Yasir are the claims that the Ash'aris affirm for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seven, which he, he deems as the ash'ari only ascribing those seven attributes, which are the attributes of al-irada, divine will, al-qudrah, divine power, al-sam'u, divine hearing, al-basaru, divine sight, al-hayatu, divine life, these are five. And then al-kalam, which is the, the divine speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you have al-qudra, al-irada, al-sam'u, al-basaru, al-hayatu, al-kalamu. These are six. And then there is a seventh attribute. These seven attributes of uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, he says that they limit themselves to these seven attributes. These attributes are known as sifatul ma'ani. And uh, the Sifatul Ma'ani are translated as the qualitative attributes for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But do the Asha'ira limit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to these seven attributes? The answer is no. The attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, firstly, are endless because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is eternal. So the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are endless. But the Asha'ira do not limit to these seven attributes. There are other attributes which are firm for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which he did not mention, like al-wujud, existence, even though there is a minor dispute, and this is an example of internal disputes, that some have mistaken as being different creeds within the Ash'ari school, when that is not the case. They have internal distinctions with regard to certain points, but it does not make distinct schools of uh, creed. Al wujud, existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, some of the scholars, they deem this as an attribute, others said no, it's the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then you have those attributes which are known as al sifatul the attributes which negate the opposites, like al wahdaniya, the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. or the opposition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the contingent. Or al-qiyamu bin-nafs, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning affirming the aseity of God Almighty, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is self-sufficient. These are attributes known as al Then there are attributes known as al-sifatul which are predicative attributes. In total, these are 20 attributes which are memorized generally in smaller text, books of creed for the general public to memorize. Now, even though these texts are memorized by uh, the general public, does it mean that the Ashairah only limit to those 20 attributes and negate all the other attributes? Do they negate the uh, Yadullah? Do they negate everything ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like wajhullah do they negate this? The answer is no. This is a calumny, a false claim with regard to the ashairah. This is the claim made today that they negate those attributes. But why have they fallen into this mistake in thinking that the ashairah negate these attributes is because of what is known as tafwidul ma'na and tafwidul kayf tafwidul ma'na is deferring the meaning to Allah and al kayf is deferring the modality the kayfiyah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or negating a kayfiyah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the the modern pseudo salafi claim is by doing this the ash'aira have negated the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now what is this in reference to this is in reference to those numerous verses of the Quran and a Hadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, that if some people took literally, if they adopted those verses literally uh, and understood them with the likeness to Allah, uh, to cre- of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala to creation, they would adopt uh, Tajseen, which is anthropomorphic beliefs, believing that God is comparable to creation. So like Yadawum Absu that which some translate as his two hands are are open. If someone understood this to mean that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has limbs and appendages, then they will fall into tajsim ascribing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala limbs and appendages, which is impossible because the Quran states, there is nothing like him yet. So when the attributes like hearing and seeing or yada mabsutatan are ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if someone understands a, a, a likeness to creation, they fall into either tajseem, ascribing a body to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or tashbih, which is making a comparison and a likeness of creation to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala when it comes to this discussion because of the nuanced nature of the discussion. So many people have misunderstood the position of the sha'irah that they have ascribed to them as being Nufatu Sifat negators of the divine attributes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and in contravention to the creed of the pious predecessors as Salafu Salihun but uh, what is the distinction here that is being misunderstood firstly the Asha'ira do not attributes of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when they say tafwidul ma'na we defer the meaning to allah the salafi movement what they when it is said tafwidul ma'na that we defer the meaning the meaning is known in the quran and the sunnah and deferring the meaning to Allah is a negation of the attribute because the meaning is known. But this misunderstanding of the Ash'ari position is based upon the misunderstanding or in many cases the misconstruing of what tafwidul ma'na actually means. An example of that is, like I mentioned uh, the ar-Rahmanu ala al that the merciful rose over the throne, istiwa. And the word is a verb, a uh, past, uh, a past tense, past active tense. The word has numerous meanings, and in the commentaries of the Quran, they give some of them. Give fifth. One of the meanings given is istiqrar, istiqrar, which the asha'ira negate that specific meaning. Specific meaning is negated. After this, a broad range of meanings are left. So what the the Ash'ari scholarship states is that the known meanings are affirmed. So, for instance, with the word uh, Istawa, all the various meanings that are possible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are analyzed linguistically. And the meaning, the exact meaning is deferred to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The general broad meaning is not negated. So when they say tafwidul ma'na, they affirm that there is a meaning for this and the meaning is known. What do they mean by the meaning is known? That linguistically there are numerous possibilities of what this particular word or verse can mean. And they leave the specific interpretation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the meaning of tafwidul ma'na. The meaning is... uh, al ma'na is not a total negation as uh, the Salafi movement have been peddling among so many people for so many decades that the Ashaira negate uh, the attribute by doing tafwid. Tafwid means negating that which is impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So like what is mentioned with regard to yadullahi aydim, a negation is made of a hand of flesh, a physical appendage, a material body for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After this, all the linguistical meanings that are found for Yad. And when the word Yad, remember, is annexed here in the annexed form, meaning one word annexed to another Yadullah, the hand of Allah. The linguistical multiple meanings are looked at and the scholars say these are the possible meanings in terms of linguistics. But we leave the specific meaning to Allah. This is the meaning of tafwidul ma'ana. And in fact, this is the tafwid of as This is the correct tafwid. The tafwid of as In fact, you'd, you'd see adherents of the modern pseudo-salafi movement are confused. Not a single one of them is able to elaborate on this subject and understand the subject. If they attempt to elaborate, they will either fall into self-contradiction or they will adopt the correct view, which is our view, that we negate physical appendages for Allah. We negate the limbs for Allah, but we affirm a general meaning. But then you ask them to specify that general meaning. They will not specify the general meaning, which is fine, which is the meaning of But the general meaning is an umbrella group of meanings, a broad range of meanings, under which all those uh, meanings, this specific meaning is left to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what the ashā'ira and the ma'turidis mean by tafweedul ma'na, and this is what the correct athari school mean by tafweedul ma'na. Fusālihun meant when they did tafwid. So tafweedul ma'na is an agreed upon position amongst the ashā'ira, the Maturidiyah and the is the correct Aferi school. Then the issue of Ta'wil is misunderstood also because when the ash'aira make Ta'wil, Ta'wil meaning interpretation, the pseudo-Salafi movement again claim that you have negated the divine attribute for, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by making Ta'wil, by making Ta'wil. So they claim that uh, you have the attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of yadahu you have negated the attribute by making will. what is the response to this claim the response to this claim is that what I mentioned already that there is al kulli a general universal meaning from that general meaning the impossible is negated, so for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we negate limbs, but there is general universal possible meanings linguistically from those linguistical meanings, when the Ash'ari scholars faced innovators those innovators claimed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala resembles his creation or they would claim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a body, exists. And the Ash'ari scholars would look at the broad range of meanings for those particular attributes. From that broad range of uh, meanings, they would select a meaning which was appropriate and they would give that as a ta'wil, what they refer to as ta'wil. In reality, why was it called ta'wil? Because it was from amongst the possible meanings. This is what is meant by ta'wil, by the Ash'ari, which is different to the Mu'tazila which is different to Jahan bin Safwan, which is different to Ja'ad bin Dirham. They negated attributes. They declared all these attributes impossible. So divine speech, Al-Kalam, they declared uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no divine speech because they believe this makes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala resemble creation. as samu they, de- they denied. al basaru they denied in terms of being an attribute. They said, the Mu'tazila said that Allah Subh'anaHu wa Taala speaks, uh, hears and sees with his divine essence, not with the divine attribute. As for speech, they believed he created speech or created Al-Quran Al-Kareem. All of these were incorrect positions. But the Ash'ari position initially is the same as as Salihun. That the impossible is negated for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala the general universal meaning is accepted and the specific meaning is a tafwid of the specific meaning is done tafwidul ma'na while the modern salafi movement they say we know they say regarding themselves they know the meaning they know the meaning so they don't do tafwidul ma'na like the Ashairah. but if you press them and ask them what is the meaning many of them will negate limbs So if they are negating limbs, what meaning are they saying that they are familiar with Broad meaning? But once they state the general broad meaning, they come to the same position as us. And this is what is meant by tafwidul ma'ana. But if they say a limb or a hand which does not resemble our hand, meaning a limb or or an appendage which does not resemble human hands or does not resemble hands on Earth or the hands of creation, but nevertheless it's a limb, uh, what is known linguistically, wordplay that is done, leaves their followers confused, while the Ashā'ira negate that, they say appendages it does not mean, a fleshy hand it does not mean, a material hand it does not mean, but there are numerous other meanings for Yad, in the Arabic language which are found. it could be any one of those meanings, we do the Tafwid, we defer the meaning to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. later when, Coming into contact with deviant groups, the Asha'ira, the Ashari scholars specify a meaning from within that broad spectrum of meanings. And this is where the confusion between the Athari school and the Ashari school occurs. That those who, the Athari scholars, took the position that they do tafwidul ma'na. And remember, when I say Athari, I do not mean the modern Salafi movement, the early Hanbali scholars, they took the position that they affirm the attribute for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but they leave the meaning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they do not specify a meaning. When Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi rahimahullah ta'ala and other scholars of the Hanbali school were at loggerheads in the early times with the Ashari scholars, they were at loggerheads on this minor point, which is that some of the Ashairah, some of the scholars of the Ashairah would specify a meaning. So they would find it an enormity that you are specifying the meaning within the general meaning because the meaning is only the specific meaning is only known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this type of that was what was condemned, but this dispute falls in the permissible dispute. Now here at this point, some of them, they make a, a claim which is that you ascribe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you ascribe hearing and seeing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why do you not ascribe the other attributes in the real sense, the way those attributes are? How do we respond to this? Meaning, they say the way we learn as samu al-Basr, or Al-Ailm, or Al-Kalam, or Al-Hayatu, or Al-Qudratu. Or or al-iradatu, all these seven attributes which are known as sifatul ma'ani, the way we ascribe these attributes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why do you asha'irah not ascribe the other attributes of al waj al-yad, al-rijl, al-saq, all these various uh, attributes that have been ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Firstly, as I mentioned, we do not negate these things. We affirm these things. Whatever the Quran has affirmed, we affirm, with the distinction that we do not make any likeness to creation. So we negate jismia, and this is of course noteworthy for the likes of Abdul Rahman Hasan, who uh, is a blind imitator and conf- uh, is uh, of Abu Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah, who said, a jurist, humbly jurist, well known, who said we do not negate that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not negated. We do not affirm that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not affirmed. But the mistake is that we do not negate for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what he has not negated. So they will only negate what is found textually, unequivocally, explicitly in a text, but that which may be understood dalalatan, meaning uh, through signification or understood from reading the text or a broad negation and then negating specifics they do not negate so the the by following abul abbas ahmad bin Taymiyyah blindly one individual one humbly jurist from the uh, the 700s of the islamic century you fall into this mistake that we, uh, the mistake being that you do not negate for Allah what he did not explicitly negate for himself. While the Ashairah negate for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every re- type of resemblance to his creation in every way. And they deem this as being the position of the Jahmiya. <coughs> but the distinction is what? Between Sifatul Ma'al, go, going back to the initial question, the distinction between Sifatul Ma'ani, qualitative attributes and other attributes is that if I ascribe a Yad, a hand to someone, that hand entails a physical entity, a, a physical entity, which is a limb, which is an appendage. So this physical entity would not fall under what is known as a qualitative attribute, unlike the other attributes hearing is an attribute that external physical existence uh, material existence uh, in terms of being like uh, a hand, likewise sight, likewise knowledge, likewise power, likewise life, likewise will, all these attributes, uh, likewise speech. These are qualitative attributes. So when Qualitative attributes, all of these attributes as qualitative attributes. When we read the other attributes like istawa, uh, the divine action of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala istawa, or the divine attributes Ma all these various verses of al Quran Karim and hadith of the prophet sallallahu wasallam yanzilu rabbuna which literally means our lord descends We understand these as sifatul maani qualitative attributes which bear no resemblance to creation in any way or form so we affirm these as attributes but we negate the resemblance to creation this is something an important distinction uh, between sifatul maani and those material objects uh, which people uh, may understand when you hear regarding a material limb, the distinction between that material limb and a qualitative attribute. Additionally, the aqwal. Uh, I can give another example of this. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in Surah Al-Baqarah states, "Inna Allah uh, that, uh, in reference to Talut, uh, Talut was selected as a king of Bani Israel. So one of the prophets prim- informed the Israelites that Talut has been selected uh, as a leader as a king. Inna Allah asta'farikum. What does Allah Subhanahu wa Taala say? Inna Allaha stafaahu alaykum wazadahu bastatan fil ilmi wal That Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala chose him over you wazadahu bastatan and Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala increased him bastatan fil ilmi wal in knowledge and body Not the point to note that increase azadahu that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has increased him in what in knowledge and in body when knowledge is mentioned we understand one thing that if someone's knowledge increases the volume of knowledge increases we understand one thing but if i say someone's body increased in proportion you understand another thing these two distinctions tell us the distinction between sifatul ma'ani And those things which have a a jumud, those things which are solid objects in the external realm. So one word is used for two things in creation, and we understand two different things. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increased him in knowledge and in his body. One word used for two different things, we understand two different things. Why would it be impossible for us to understand that when an ascription of a word, something is ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it bears no resemblance to His creation? So, when the word istawa is, the verb istawa is ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it does not entail what it entails for creation in any way or form. Likewise, when yadahu, is ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it does not entail appendages, uh, body parts. But does this mean we negate the meaning? The answer is no. Once we have negated the impossible, the Quran states, ahad. There is no one who bears any resemblance to him. So it's a, a negation of any resemblance, but the meaning still remains, a broad meaning remains, which is then the specific meaning is left to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when encountering deviance, if some of the scholars specify a meaning, when they specify a meaning, uh, which is known as that wheel, that that wheel is not a negation of the attribute because a meaning within the broader meanings is being specified. What the Hanabila condemned was when someone has certainty on his choice of those meanings. This is an important point also. That, uh, for instance, the word Istawa, Has so many different meanings. We negate those meanings which are impossible. And by the way, Abdul Rahman Hassan, he ascribes jalous to Allah, sitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He ascribes jalous to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We negate that because jalous is the action of creatures. But istawa we ascribe, we stick to the, the wording of the Quran. When we negate those similarities to creation. There is, there are still numerous meanings left which bear no resemblance to, to creation. We affirm those meanings. This is the meaning of tafidul ma'na. If, however, a scholar chooses a particular meaning, this is the meaning of that wheel. But what the early Hanbalis were condemning was when someone does that wheel and they become certain with regard to their opinion. So all those early Hambali works you read, like the works of Ibn Qudama and other rightly guided humbly scholars when they use harsh language with regard to those who do that will what they mean by that that is that if someone chooses one of those meanings within the broader meanings and becomes certain of his interpretation they condemn that because why because the broader meaning there was no specification given by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam this is why the ashari position was that if a meaning is specified they do not say that meaning with certainty and they only resorted to that when the heretics appeared and the heretics made misinterpretations and took some of the verses on the outward meaning uh, this is the meaning of what ibn kathir and others say al mutabadiru ila azhan al al ila that the outward meaning that the mutashabbihin, those who likened Allah to creation, they took the wrong outward meanings. So al-ma'na dahir which is correct, would mean that outward meaning which does not give a resemblance of Allah subhanahu wa taala to creation. So when we affirm istawa, we say it is istiwa of the one who, the one who, whom there is no one like. So the istiwa of the one whom there is no one like is an istiwa which there is no uh, no istiwa like it, meaning there is no resemblance to creation in any way or form. So the al-ma'na al-zahir al-mutabadir ila adhanil mutashabbihin entails that when they would read these verses, they would think that this meaning of yadahum mabsutatan for instance, is appendages, is body parts. And when they would think it's body parts, the Ash'ari scholars would refute them and say, that there is a broader meaning which negates body parts and some of them would specify some of those meanings. So throughout the commentary of Al-Imam Yahya bin Sharaf al-Nawawi of Sahih Muslim, you find some of those choices that he made of a specific interpretation. Throughout Fathul bari you find specific interpretations that Al-Imam ibn Hajar al-Asqalani selected. And likewise, even ascription to Al-Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal interpretations رَبُّكُمْ uh, And your Lord arrives. What does it mean? Uh, 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 the Maji' The arrival of Allah. Or uh, Nuzul The descent of Allah. Or uh, Harwala The running of Allah. What, what do all these words mean? Or uh, Dahak The laughing of Allah all of them we do as soon as we hear this ascription to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we do not understand a likeness to the makhluk likeness to the makhluk is negated but once the likeness to the makhluk has been negated there is a broad meaning that broad meaning we the specific meaning we leave to Allah which is known as tafwidul ma'na if however some of the ulama choose a meaning like al-imam Muhammad Bukhari rahimallah ta'ala saying laughing is ridha of Allah the divine pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or some of the salaf salihun, they would specify a meaning this is from their ijtihad their personal reasoning but they cannot say it with certainty but if someone says it with certainty this is what, this is what the early Hanabila were contending this is what they were uh, contesting and refuting. So misunderstanding this entire subject is what has led many people to believe that the Asha'ira are Nufatu Sifat, negators of the divine attributes, or that they oppose the way of as Salihun. Additionally, there is the position with regard to akwal. What I mean by Aqwal is the statements of As-Salifu Salihun that some people hear and they understand from this that this means that as Salihun were taking the outward meaning in the sense of what is literal in the sense of appendages and likeness to creation. But is this the case? The answer is no. Either the people are misunderstanding the statements of As-Salifu Salihun or they do not realize that those statements are incorrectly ascribed to a salihun some of the aqwal some of the statements are inauthentic but even if they are authentically reported like when the salaf say some of them it's ascribed to them allah that allah is above the throne ba'inun separate distinct to his creation these type of statements were said in response to Jahan bin Safwan. Ironically Jahan bin Safwan was a mujassim. So for people to say that the Ashaira are similar to Jahan bin Safwan is a contradiction in statement because Jaham bin Safwan was a mujassim. He ascribed a body to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala, But those statements were said in response to him because uh, the groups like the Karami and others, they believed Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala is everywhere. So in response to that, the salaf said, Allahu fawq arsh Allah is above the throne, even though the fawq arsh wording is only found in the goat hadith, uh, which is in a tirmidhi Abu Dawud and al-Nasa'i, the mountain goat hadith. But when we read the statement fawq arsh what do we understand from this? The distinction between the Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, and when I say Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, the Ash'aris, Maturidis, and the Atharis, the real Atharis. what do they understand from Fauq al Arsh? They understand a faqiya mutlaka, a faqiya which is not like the faqiya aboveness of creation. If someone climbs the roof of their house, they have a aboveness which is a physical location, meaning their feet will be in a certain direction and people's heads will be facing their feet. This is a faqiya, which is the faqiya of material bodies. But when we ascribe faqiya to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or al-'uloo, al is what? Loftiness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is al al-mutlaq, or al faqiya al mutlaqa which is an aboveness, which befits Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is not the aboveness of bodies, physical entities. So when we read the statements of As-Salafus Salihun they say Allahu Fawqa al-Arsh we affirm uh, that the Aluv of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala wa huwa al-qahir fawqa ibadihi the Quran states he is al-qahir the compeller fawqa ibadihi above his servants this aboveness is al-uluww al-mutlaq al- al- uh, which is al fawqiyah al-mutlaqa that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above his creation, not like uh, material bodies. So we negate that. And this is what Abu abbas Ahmad bin Taymi had a problem with. That he said you should only negate what Allah has negated. But the Ashairah was saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has negated any resemblance to his creation. Where he says, Laysa shay'un wa And other verses of Al-Quran Al-Kareem that there is nothing like him whatsoever in any way or form, yet he is all hearing and all seeing. So when we ascribe the attribute of all hearing and all seeing, it means he hears and sees, but not like human beings. Human beings have ears, we have eardrums, we have eyes, we have body parts. None of these are ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His hearing is not like our hearing where we hear uh, through airwaves and uh, sound that travels. Uh, and we hear through our eardrums or the the reflection of light in our eyes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His divine hearing and divine sight is beyond this. Likewise, when we ascribe Yadullah to Allah, when we ascribe Fawqiyah to Allah, aboveness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's mutlaqah and has no resemblance to creation in any way or form. So when we read these statements that are authentically reported, from a Salafus salihun then we do not understand them in the way that the literalist Wahhabi movement have understood them. Uh, now the stages of the, the Wahhabi movement today, the follows atbaa of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, we know very well, which reformulated as the uh, pseudo Salafi movement in the Middle East, especially, and the pseudo Ahlul Hadith movement in the Indian subcontinent. Took some most of its theology from Abu Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah, who was a unique theologian, Hanbali theologian in Damascus in that time, in the 700s, after seven, the year 700, after the year 700 is when he adopted his strange views. The theology of the, the Wahhabi movement was based upon Abu Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah, who was. Opposed by the majority of the ulama of his time. Where did he adopt his theology from? There are two sources. One, according to one claim, is that after the Mongols had sacked Baghdad, in that period there was an onslaught of the Mongols. So in 657, the Mongols had sacked Baghdad and there were numerous wars with Mongols and they continued for decades into the time of Abu'l-Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah. They state that the works of the philosophers entered Damascus at the hands of migrants and Abu'l-Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah was exposed to philosophy. And anyone who studies al-Fatawa, not blindly, like some of these individuals, they may read some rasail of uh, Abu'l-Abbas Ahmed bin Taymiyyah, but they do not read his, in- his entire works, the entire al-Fatawa. Or Al Fatawa Al Kubra, and read them cover to cover, and you will see that he was heavily influenced by philosophy. This is the first thing. Secondly, he was influenced by an earlier brand or a strand of scholarship which had similar views. The likes, for instance, of Ibn Hazm. He had memorized the uh, Al Muhalla of Ibn Hazm. They say he was able to uh, give citations from uh, Al Muhalla by memory, and al-Muhalla, the work of Ibn Hazm, Ibn Hazm is a zahiri, those who uh, would, uh, the literalists, uh, the literalists of old, not the neo-literalists. and Ibn Hazm was a type of theologian that would adopt strange views, like in his book Al-Fisal, he states that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the power to, uh, have a child, for instance, which is false theology. And imam Muhammad bin Yusuf al-Sanusi takes him to task for this. If you check uh, he, uh, the sharh al-Umm al-Burahin of al-Imam al-Sanusi, he takes him to task for this. So Ibn, Taymiyyah was influenced by Ibn Hazb. Likewise, an early strand of Hanbali theologians, the like of which Ab, Abd al-Rahman bin al-Jawzi, ta'ala, the Baghdadi um, Hanbali scholar, famous Ibn al not to be mixed with Ibn qayyim Ibn al had refuted that strand of Hanbali scholars who were in reality a a reaction to the Mu'tazila. So when the Mu'tazila persecuted Al-Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, rahimallah ta'ala, and Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal went through the mihna, the 18-month trial and they lashed him and persecuted him. A reaction to the rationalist methodology of the Mu'tazila sect was the response of some of the Hanabila, some of the students and grand-students of Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, which was a literalism. And this is the literalism which was condemned within the Hanbali school. And this is where the claim is made today that the pseudo-Wahhabi movement that we have has its roots in Salaf Salihun, when this is incorrect. The early Hanabila, even the literalist Hanabila were different to the Wahhabis. For instance, they permitted a ziyarah visitation of the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam in Al-Madinatul munawwarah This was a normative Islam At tawassul Seeking intercession through the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Wasallam is the standard Hanbali position up to Ibn Taymiyyah Additionally the majority of the Hanabila were Athari and the Athari school is not uh, is not anthropomorphic the Athari school is adopting the hadith and not understanding an anthropomorphic meaning and leaving the meaning to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala similar to the early ashairah and the maturidis as I mentioned the correct meaning of tafwidul ma'na a brand of the Hanabila, which for instance the history al-kamila of Ibn Lafir, he mentions in the year 321 I think the year 321 during the time of Barbahari and others that the caliph threatened some of those Hanabila in Baghdad with punishment because of the anthropomorphic beliefs that they adopted. They they transmitted modhuq hadith, forged hadith. In one modhuq hadith, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is likened to a young man with curly hair. They forged the hadith. In fact, the hadith was a description of Musa salam. So on the night of Isra wal Mi'raj. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, saw Musa السلام, and he described Musa السلام, that he had curly hair, he resembled the men of Shanua, a Yemeni tribe. He was tall and dark and handsome. All this description. What some of the anthropomorphists did is that they ascribed this to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And some of them took passages from the Bible and forged hadith and the Ahlul Hadith, the Ahlul Sunnah Ahlul Hadith at the time, they took them to task for this, like a tabari for instance and others, they took them to task for forging these Hadith. So the Caliph punished them, so this strand of Hanabila, which was a reaction to the early Mu'tazila, this was refuted by the likes of Abdurrahman Bin Al-Jawzi and others, but then later, Abu al-Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah also adopted those views. So when he ascribes things to the Salaf, he takes those ascriptions and those interpretations. After the passing away of Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyyah, he, he wrote famously his Anunia, and some people adopted those positions, but for the majority, the majority of the Ummah, of the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, did not adopt those views until the rise of the movement of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, which spread in Arabia through the sword, through the sword. And you will find even in the recordings of Abdul Rahman Hassan, where he praises Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab and says he achieved more than Ibn Taymiyyah and the four Imams, because he enforced his ideology on the people, meaning through the sword. This is why I see no difference between Wright Street and ISIS. Uh, or Waha- uh, these type of Wahhabis and ISIS because the only difference is allegiance to the Saudi royal family. If they had their way, they would enforce their ideology and other Sunni Muslims on Sunni Muslims and people at large. So, from the rise of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab and the Najdi movement, then the discovery of oil money, and the pro- proliferation of this literature claiming that the era are negators of the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the divine attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the mass propaganda that is occurring has been occurring for nearly a hundred years against the Ahl sunnati wal-Jama'ah so uh, an example of forged uh, descriptions I'll give you an example uh, which is mentioned here and of course there are many other examples also interestingly enough the pseudo Salafi movement, they sometimes will quote from Kitabu Sunnah ascribed to Al Imam, uh, the son of Al Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, rahimah, Rahimahumullah Ta'ala. Even though the book contains forgeries, so th- the book itself has forgeries. So when it comes to Sahih and Da'if, as Ibn Salah, Rahimullah ta'ala, the author of the Muqaddima and al-Hadith, he mentions that in Fadailul A'mal, virtuous actions, we become easygoing with regard to uh, hadith being weak. We do not narrate Mawdu'ah Hadith, but become easygoing with regard to hadith which is weak in Fadailul A'mal, virtuous actions. And likewise Zaymudin al-Iraqi, in his Shahul Al-Fiyah and others, and in Tadrib al-Rawi al-Imam Jalaluddin al-Suyuti and others they mention this normal Aida normal rule which al-Imam uh, Yahya bin Sharaf and nawawi also mentions the Wahhabis reject this but what Ibn Salah rahimahullah ta'ala also mentions when it comes to al-Ahkam, meaning making things haram and al-Asma'u wa-Sifat the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we are strict with the hadith but you will notice the pseudo-Salafi movement that when it comes to al-asma'u sifat they will quote weak hadith. They will quote even maudu'a hadith. Some of them quote from Kitab al-Sunnah, uh, which has many weak and even forged hadith. So likewise, the sources like the work of Uthman bin Sa'id al darimi not to be confused, with the author of Sunan al-Darmi. The author of Sunan al-Darmi passed away in 255, was a pious, righteous scholar. Uthman bin Sa'id al-Darmi has a book, Al-Radu al which is a book, a refutation of Jahmiyyah, of Jahm bin Safwan specifically. Within that book, he has a notorious statement that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to sit on a gnat or a mosquito, he could do so, while in discussion with the local Salafi, pseudo-Salafi the pseudo-Salafi said to me, he sees no problem with this statement I attempted to reason with the person by saying firstly, the Qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the divine power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not relate to impossibilities, if you believe this is within the realm of possibility That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can sit on a mosquito, then a Christian or other non Muslims, and we know that the Wahhabis have been been very good at strengthening Christian uh, arguments against Islam, like Yasir Qadi's statements regarding the Quran, but likewise their rational theology, they don't have rationale, that's the problem. I said to him that the divine power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only relates to possibilities. If a Christian says to you that God Almighty can take a son if he wanted to, a Salafi would have to agree with that. But the the Sunni Muslim would say no, because that relates to impossibilities. God Almighty taking a son or a partner is an impossibility, a rational impossibility. The Quran states (laughs) that if they were in the heavens and the earth, a God other than Allah, the heavens and the earth, would be in chaos, meaning a rational, for such an occurrence, this is the meaning of, this uh, Uthman bin Sa'id, of Abu al-Abbas ibn Taymiyyah, who has odd statements in his book, that if someone is in a taller building, uh, a minaret or a mountain, one of the two, he is closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because he understands the fauqiyah, the aboveness, literally that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is contained uh, 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 or held up by the arsh. Taking that to mean literally that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is held up by the arsh. While the correct belief of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not contained by time or place. Now an example of a forgery is what is ascribed to Abdullah bin Abbas radiyallahu anhumah. By the way, th- there is one uh, uh, additional wrong ascription to Abdullah bin Abbas, عنهما, which states that the Messenger of Allah will be made to sit next to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala on the throne. This is rejected. But yet, Abdul Rahman Hassan accepts this. The hadith is rejected. Even though, if it is found in earlier books, we do not accept it that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will sit next to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet he accepts this. These are the type of forgeries that they accept. So, istawa ala arsh, regarding this, what is ascribed to Abdullah bin Abbas, radhiallahu anhumah, istaqarra ala al-arsh, that he became firm on the arsh, waqad imtala'a abihi. and the, the arsh became full of him. Saida ilayhi, or oh, he ascended to it. or oh, he istiwata'indahu lakhala'iq wa ma ila thalik, meaning numerous other things. Now this particular ascription to Abdullah bin Abbas radiyallahu anhumah, for instance, is a, a riwaya from Abu Salih from Muhammad bin Marwan al-Kalbi. Muhammad bin Marwan al-Kalbi. Now when you check Muhammad bin Marwan al-Kalbi, what the scholars of hadith state, Regarding him For instance Al-Bayhaqi Rahimallah ta'ala States Kulluhum Bil hadith All of them are abandoned When it comes to hadith La No one uses them As a source uh, Meaning the narrations al manakiri Fiha Because of the Numerous rejected odd narrations وَظُهُورِ الْكِذْبِ مِنْهُمْ فِي رِوَايَاتِهِمْ And the amount of lies that they have in their narrations Or for instance, Ali bin al-Madini Rahimallah ta'ala states سَمِعْتُ يَحْيَا بِنْ سَعِيدَ الْقَطَّانِ That he heard bin Saeed al الْقَطَّانِ Relate from Sufyan That he said, meaning Sufyan authority قَالَ قَالَ الْكَلْبِيُّ قَالَ لِي أَبُو صَالِحِ That Kalbi narrated something. That Abu Salih said, كُلُّ kizbun. Everything I related to you was a lie. And Sufyan Thawri uh, said regarding Al-Kalbi that قَالَ That Kalbi said, Abu Salih said to him, أُنظُرْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ رَوَيْتَ عَنِّي عَبَاسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا فَلَا That look at everything that you narrated from me from Abdullah bin Abbas, don't relate it, meaning it's all a lie. So Yahya uh, bin Ma'in said regarding him, الْكَلْبِيُّ لَيْسَ بِشَيْءٍ And Imam al-Bukhari said, Muhammad bin Marwan, Al الْكَلْبِيِ الْكُوفِيِ صَاحِبُ Kalbi سَكَتُوا عَنْهُ وَلَا حَدِيثُهُ الْبَتَّةَ which al Bukhari was never harsh in his jarh. He would just say his hadiths are not written. And likewise, there are other statements uh, regarding this uh, with regard to Al-Kalbi. Uh, that Al-Kalbi falsely ascribed this to Abdullah bin Abbas رضي الله Now, what happens is with the books published by Spubs, is that they tend to just translate what they find in the Arabic books, but they never check the riwayat that they relate through the method of Usulul al wa ta'adil, which is narrator, the principles of narrator discreditation and accreditation. So what do we understand? The fawqiyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fawqiyah mutlaka. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has an aboveness Which is mutlaq meaning he is not contained by time and place And the istawa is a divine action Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not Contained by time and place Additionally to that What some of them say then Is Allah in the universe or out the universe? The question itself is flawed Why is this question flawed? The question is flawed because being contained by the universe, or being outside of something, is the essential requirements of physical bodies. This does not; this is not ascribed to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Why? Because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is as He was before the universe existed. He is as He was. We do not ascribe contingent changes to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And this is where the claim made by Abu Iyad and others that the Asha'ira in fact are philosophers. This is a famous one also that they take from Plato and Aristotle. Why do they claim this? Because the Asha'ira negate hawadith for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is hawadith? Hawadith is contingencies that something that did not exist and came into existence. The Ashari or the Sunni position, this is the same across the board amongst the Ashairah, Maturidiya and the Atharis who are known as Ahl Sunnah jamaa is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not contained by Hawadi's contingencies and neither are contingencies created within Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Something does something that has non existence does not suddenly come into existence into Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala so they say this is kalam meaning rational theology from the philosophers when in reality this is not from the philosophers this is from the Quran itself where Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has negated any likeness to the creation but why the pseudo salafi movement are understanding this is because when they read certain verses of the Quran they understand mean what is al what comes into their mind is a tashbih likening the divine attributes and the divine actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the creation. While as I've covered and elaborated upon is that the Sunnis negate any resemblance, then they take the universal meaning and leave the specific meaning to Allah. They only specify a meaning when confronting innovation. So uh, this of course brings us to another innovation, which was the claim that al hawadif la awwala laha exists. What, what does this mean? This was a claim made, uh, this is why, in fact, Abu abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah was heavily influenced by philosophy. The Ashairah on the other hand were not. They were countering philosophy, but if you look at the Iran their contributions in tafsir of the Qur'an, contribution in hadith, will show that they followed the Qur'an and the sunnah on the way of as-salafus-salihun, along with the Athari scholars and the Maturidi scholars. But Abu'l-Abbas ibn Taymiyyah introduced many novel concepts. One of them was al-hawadith la Al-hawadith la means and entails... That Allah Subhanahu wa Taala created contingents eternally, forever, meaning in the past, contingents were created, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala continued creating them forever. This is a claim uh, made by Abu Abbas Ibn Taymiyyah. and this, of course, is contradicted by uh, the Hadith, uh, the Quran, and the Sunnah. That firstly. it's been authentically reported from imran radiyallahu ta'ala anhu that the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi said kanallahu wa lam yakun shay'un ghayruhu there was allah and there was nothing else additionally the other ri- riwayat kanallahu wa la shay'a there was allah and there was nothing else uh, and additionally kanallahu wa lam yakun shay'un qablahu there was Allah and there was nothing prior to Him. Uh, meaning, uh, these are riwayat found in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari and Muslim and the Sunan. So, these ahadith, in fact, refute the claim that Al-Hawadith, la laha, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continued creating, meaning, if we go back in time ad infinitum for etern- eternally, eternally back in time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has always been creating and the, the hawadith have always existed, contingents have always existed. This is an incorrect claim. And it is evident to the fact that Abu al-Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah was heavily influenced by uh, the philosophers. Additionally, in one hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu uh, Abu Razin al- al-Uqayli narrates, Qultu ya Allah, O Messenger of Allah, أين كان ربنا قبل أن يخلق الخلق؟ Where was our Lord prior to creating? The messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said كان في عما ما تحته هواء وما فوقه هواء. So uh, he was in something known as عما meaning عما. What is عما? The prophet messenger of Allah صلى said there was nothing above it uh, under him and nothing above him. وخلق عرشه على الماء. Then he created his arsh upon water. Now this hadith is Hassan, but uh Imam At-Tirmidhi states qala Ahmadu, qala Yazidu," that Yazid said now Yazid is Yazid bin Harun one of the famous uh, scholars of salaf al salihun ala the meaning of Al ama laysa ma'ahu shay'un there was nothing with him the meaning of Al ama laysa ma'ahu shay'un so this is the interpretation given by Al-Imam, uh, Al-Imam At-Tirmidhi, Al-Imam Ahmad, Al-Imam Yazid bin Harun. They all say Al-Ama Laysa Ma'aw Shait. That Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala existed and there was nothing else. Now if someone asks where is Allah, we say that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is where he has always been. Meaning Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has existed with that time and place. But then what occurs here is that some people, they mention the hadith of the slave girl. What is the the hadith of the slave girl? The hadith of the slave girl uh, is from uh, Muawiyah bin al-Hakam a sulami radiyallahu anhu. He states he had a slave girl that would herd, uh, look after the the goats, and that, happened that he states, "فَإِذَا قَدْ ذَهَبَ مِنْ عِنْدِهَا." That one of the women took the goat. So what he did, he slapped her, and he felt bad about this. So he came back to the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he informed the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam regarding this because he wanted to free her for doing this bad action of striking her which is prohibited so the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said biha, bring her here she, he brought her, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said Ain Allah, where is Allah? Qalat sama, she said in the heavens Qala man ana, he said who am I? she said Anta Rasulullah she said you are the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and allah the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said a'tiqha fa mu'mina she is a believer this is narrated by imam muslim in his sahih but this is not the only wording so based on this what the pseudo salafi movement are famous for doing is claiming that Ain allah is an article of faith that you say to someone Ain allah they say fis sama Based on this one narration, low narration, that the question to question people, Ain Allah, they say, This is an article of faith. The response to this, firstly, is that when Sama is said, it does not entail that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is located uh, in a place, because the word Ain can come f- for other than location. For instance, in a hadith on the Day of Judgment, it will be say, it will be said, Ain al Ladina Where are those whose sides did not touch the beds? And not to say where are they physically, in order to say where is their station, meaning the high station. So when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said to Ain Allah, meaning what is the high station of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in comparison to all these idols that people were worshipping at that time? So she said, sama." Uh, like in the Quran, "Amin to mam fith samae en yaxtifa bi kumul Have you taken security of the one who is in the heaven? So, of course, the pseudo Salafi movement say "fith sama" means "alas sama." "Fith sama" means "alas sama" because "fi" comes in the meaning like "la usalli banakum fi jazoori alnakhli." I shall. fira'un says. To the magicians, في جذوع النخل. I shall uh, crucify you upon the dead, the trunks of the date trees. And they say, look, fi here means "ala" upon, but of course, uh, the fi here in the fi is is utilized because when a person is hammered into the trunk of the tree. They become embedded into the tree, uh, the trunk of the tree, as if the person being crucified and the trunk of the tree become one. So the word fi is used. So the word Fi is different uh, to the way Allah is meant if you say something is above something say, ala sat. Nevertheless, uh, the, uh, when she said sama the Prophet said, Allah, according to one narration, even though the narrations are different, it means where is the high station of Allah? She said, Fir Sama. But look at the why take one isolated report without looking at all the other nations because the other narrations state the Messenger of Allah said to her, Allah ilaha illallah. You bear witness to La ilaha illallah. Na'am. Then he said, أَتَشْهَدِينَ أَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ قَالَتْ نَعَمْ He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, do you bear witness that I am the Messenger of Allah? She said, yes. And then the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, أَتُؤْمِنِينَ بِالْبَعْثِ بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ قَالَتْ نَعَمْ He said, do you believe in the resurrection after death? And she said, yes. And the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, أَعْتِقْهَا فْرِيَةِ This is the uh, the... Narration in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. So this shows that the narration itself has different wordings. Or for instance, in the version of uh, Sayyiduna Abu Huraira radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, it states, this is a famous one, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, Ayn Allah, asharat bi ra'siha ila sama' She uh, indicated with her head to the heavens. So it did, uh, and, uh, and with the index finger. So, like this. She looked up and she pointed up. So, this is according to one narration. And in one narration, this narration, this particular one is in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed, the Musnad of Al Bazar, and uh, the Al Mu'ajam al awsat of Tabarani, Suleiman bin Ahmed al Tabarani. To away in the year 360, who has three uh, ma'ajim, the awsat, the middle-sized mu'ajam, he narrates this like this. Now, this was because, according to some narrations, she was a mute, so the messenger of Allah وسلم, said to her, Ain't Allah, she pointed upwards. But nevertheless, this does not become an article of faith that you ask every individual by saying, Ain't Allah, and they say, they must say, Fis sama. But if someone says in Allah, it means the Ain Allah, meaning the station of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if someone responds by saying Fis sama, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fauqa he is the one who compels his servants and is above them. But it does not mean what the mushabbihin understand, those who liken Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to his creation by believing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, located a, a, in a physical location so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from zaman time and free from al makan now in conclusion uh, of this uh, discussion which is dialogue number 1 i would want to say the following that with regard to dr yasser al qadi seems more sincere in terms of misunderstanding the position of the Asha'ira while Abdurrahman Hassan is insincere uh, lately he has declared done uh, takfir of all the barelwis, saying all the barelwis are kuffar, are disbelievers, blanket takfir, declaring other groups as mubtadi'a as innovators and declaring the, the barelwi specifically as kuffar. Additionally, refusing to debate on the subject of al or Sifat, claiming he does not debate, but then challenging others to debate, but ignoring my challenge to a debate now, because we are currently, uh, during the COVID crisis, uh, the debate can be through Zoom. Very easy, easily accessible. The local Salafis who have been in contact with me, know who I am, and they can arrange the debate very easily. But he has refused to take on that debate challenge. As for uh, Abu Khadijah and, uh, and Abu Ayad, they do not engage in debate. In fact, they do not even alarm to fellow Salafis. But nevertheless, where we stand today is that the propaganda that has been peddled, that the era, firstly, that the propaganda that has been peddled, the era are, are equated with Jahm bin Safwan, and Ja'ad bin Dirham is false. If someone goes and checks the beliefs of Ja'ad bin Safwan, and Ja'ad bin Dirham and the Asha'ira today, they will find that they are not equal in any way or form. Secondly, the propaganda that the Asha'ira only acknowledge seven attributes for Allah, if, uh, this is false. The Asha'ira teach 20 attributes to the lay people, but they they acknowledge all the attributes that have been related in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. But they say 20 attributes are essential for every common Muslim to know. Additionally, the claim that the Ashairah and Nufatul Sifat, they negate attributes by doing Tafwidul ma'na by deferring the meaning to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. This is uh, false because when they do Tafwidul ma'na they know that there is a meaning and they acknowledge the meaning, but they, they negate the resemblance to the creation, but they acknowledge a broad umbrella meaning and then they leave the specific meaning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fourth claim that the Asha'ira negate the divine attribute by doing ta'wil is incorrect also because the meaning of ta'wil is specifying without certainty, specifying one of those meanings from the broad umbrella meaning when facing uh, heretical groups who misinterpret the divine attributes. So if you come in a meeting with a man who says God has physical hands and then you, uh, the, the scholar from the era specifies one of the broader meanings from the meanings of uh, uh, Yadahu from the, the two hands of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala, he, he specifies one of those two meanings. He does this Ta'weel not with certainty but by ijtihad, as long as it falls into the valid meanings of that divine attribute. This is totally different to the mu'tazila. The mu'tazila denied all the attributes uh, as attributes. They denied the attributes as attributes. The asha'irah do not negate uh, the divine attributes. Fifthly, what has been clarified also is that the salaf, as salafu salihun, the broad position of a salaf salihun falls into the positions of the asha'ira, maturidis, and the atharis. It falls into that which is tafwidul ma'na in the broader sense. Sometimes the, the salaf would do specific interpretations like Al-Imam Ahmad's famous example of interpreting the arrival of Allah as being his divine command. Or Al-Imam Al-Bukhari saying the dahak laughing of Allah is his divine uh, pleasure, his rida there are uh, there are citations of ta'wil which were done by a salihun but when they say ta'wil it means specifying one of the broader means after negating the likeness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to creation sixthly what has been clarified is that the early Hanabila had a strand of Hanabila a, a group, a minority group that were refuted by Abdul Rahman bin Al-Jawzi that they would forge hadith and forge narrations, which the later pseudo-Salafi movement and Ibn Taymiyyah would rely upon. And this was what influenced that strand of Wahhabism, different to Athari creed. The correct Athari creed is very similar to the Ashari school. The only difference is the Ashari elaborated on philosophical arguments to refute philosophy. So the kalam books of the era are filled with philosophy because they are refuting philosophy. In fact, Abu'l abbas Ahmed bin Taymiyyah was more influenced by philosophy like the example I gave of Al-Hawadith, La Laha, and so many other positions like Fana'un-Nar, believing the extingu- ex- extinguishing of the hellfire, which some said Ibn Taymiyyah didn't hold, but you find Ibn Qayyim uh, mentioning the view in Hadil Al-Arwah without refuting it. You find the position without him refuting it, and then later, uh, some people have uh, adopted this view as well, which is that hellfire will be extinguished, which goes against uh, Ijma'a, and this is why Imam Subki wrote a الْمُضِيئَةُ فِي Firaddi ala Ibn Taymiyyah. He refuted Ibn Taymiyyah on this specific view. So, some of the earlier Hanabila they would forge hadith, place those hadith in the works of, uh, the weaker works of hadith uh, of the later times, and some of the aqwal ascribed to the Salafus Salihun are incorrectly ascribed to them. There are many examples of this but uh, because of a lack of time, uh, but if someone does their research they will find many examples of this. Seventhly, even the aqwal, the statements of Salafus Salihun that are authentically ascribed to them, there is a difference of understanding of those aqwal. So when the Ahl-Sunnah, and I mean by Ahl-Sunnah again, Ash'aris, Maturidis, and the correct Athari school, which is the majority of the Hanabilah, which still exists in Al-Azhar University, you have Hanabilah who are Atharis. In Damascus and Syria, you have Hanabilah who are Atharis. The only brand of uh, Najdi interpretation of the Athari school you find is from Saudi Arabia, which is in fact Wahhabism. In, you will find statements of the salaf like Allahu fawq Arj, arsh the Ahl-Sunnah understand this to mean fauq, that Allah has a loftiness without what, in, what is entailed by tajseem uh, of anthropomorphic beliefs but the Wahhabi literalists will understand this to mean a literal highness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is literally located uh, above the throne but the position we take is Allah is free from time and place and the, reason, the illogical question of is Allah in the universe or out the universe is illogical because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala existed before the universe and he exists now as he was because he is not contained by time and place and this is the belief found in the Quran, the Sunnah and the correct understanding of the statements of as-salafu salihun so the continuous propaganda of the Salafi movement against the Asha'irah must halt unless they come forward now for a dialogue, meaning a dialogue with myself is needed uh, with the utmost urgency in the sense that if they have a misunderstanding, that misunderstanding must be removed. If, however, it is misinformation that is continuously uh, propagated amongst the public, amongst the masses, then this must seize also uh, and the f- true uh, knowledge and true information is now out there for people to research for themselves inshallah ta'ala uh, we will open up uh, for questions if there are any questions uh, with regard to this subject i will open up for that uh, the question session now inshallah ta'ala Uh, A question, can Sheikh Asrar debate in Arabic? Yes, inshallah, I'm willing also to hold the discussion in Arabic if there is anyone willing to come forward. But why are the uh, du'ats who speak um, in English unwilling to come forward? Meaning there are so many people making these claims on a regular basis regarding the Asha'ira. Why are they not willing to come forward? So again, the, the questions are coming in too quick, so I would have to. What is our position on Ibn Khuzaymah and Aqidatul Raziyain and Allah lalikai Are the allegations of Sheikh Taqid To Sultanul Ulama, true. With regard to uh, Ibn Khuzayma, his book Kitab Al-Tawheed, Ibn Hajar Al-Asqalani states this was a book which he wrote in his youth and which he later uh, regretted. Now our position to that is these type of books were compilations of hadith. Now because they were compilations of hadith, uh, each hadith is analysed and checked in terms of asaneed, checked in terms of chains of narration. Whatever is authentic is accepted. When that is accepted, the correct interpretation of those statements is also made. So we do not just take everything in those works. The same with the work of Allah, li kai. We accept the work, sharh Usuli usooli sunnah, but we analyze the chains of narrations. The meaning the hadith experts check the, the authenticity. If the statements are authentic, then we understand them in accordance with our correct methodology. Uh, with regard to uh, uh claims, to uh, with regard to Sultan ulama I am not familiar of uh, what claims you are referring to. Even uh, Sheikh Ramadan al Bouti said Ibn Taymiyyah was not a mujassim. If you notice in my presentation, I did not say he was a mujassim. I did not mention that he was a mujassim. A mujassim is someone who explicitly uh, states that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a Jism. Uh, what we have today is mutashabbihin. Mutashabbihin are different to mujassima. Mutashabbihin are those people who make a resemblance between Allah Subh'anaHu Wa and his creation. But there are mistakes in the works of al Abbas Ahmed bin Taymiyyah, which even a Sheikh Ramadan al Bouti does not take. There is a question here. Could you please clarify the statement of Al-Imam tirmidhi uh, Which statement do you mean here? Uh, Which books would you recommend for us to reach and and, uh, read and understand this issue? Uh, I would, uh, in the English language, uh, Sunni publications, S Pubs, uh, not the Salafi S Pubs, uh, Sunni S Pubs from the Netherlands, they have numerous titles. If you go on their website, you will find numerous beneficial works. Sheikh Ahsan. Al-Aqadi, who is a Salafi in Birmingham, says he sat with you and that you couldn't answer his questions on this topic of attributes of Allah. That is incorrect. His questions were answered. And if people are making the claim that my questions were unanswered, then they should come out on a live debate and discuss and show the public that I am unable to answer their questions instead of doing propaganda. This is what so many people are doing now, propaganda and making false claims. But when it comes to doing a live discussion, and now we have this means of doing live discussions through uh, Zoom and other uh, other means of technology, it's very easy to have a live discussion. Come out and have a live discussion on the issue and demonstrate that I am unable to answer these questions. Again, uh, the question here, Shaykh, can you clarify the statements of a Sheikh Abdul Qadir al-Jilani stating Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala above his throne, Bidhati. Again, the, firstly, let's look at this statement of Bidhati. Bidhati is a, is a claim uh, or a wording that is added on by later people. So Ibn Abi Zayd al Qirawani, in his Risal and Creed, he added this. Do we accept these additions? The answer is no, we stick to the what the Quran states and the hadith states. So if one individual scholar or a few scholars add these statements, we do not accept this. We do not adopt it as creed that if they say because these are additions that are added on later. The book you're referring to, Al Ghunya li Talibi al Haq. Some people have claimed that the book is tampered. This is the counterclaim. But Irrelevant to whether we say the, the book is tampered or not, we do not do taqlid of one individual scholars and this is why I mentioned in the live stream that the pseudo-Salafi movement in fact do more taqlid of individuals than those that they claim are doing taqlid, meaning the era and others. The early ash'ar era used Bizarri. Uh, if they did, please uh, give citations for that regard. And even if they did, again, why is the taqlid uh, blind conformity of passages found in books? Did any of the salaf say, "I don't know the meaning of of one of those attributes" or something along those lines? No. Uh, is the what they did is they did tafwid al so they they knew the broader meaning, but they left the the specific meaning to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. A Sheikh Al Bukhari called Ibn Taymiyyah a kafir. That's true, but alauddin Al Bukhari also did takfir of a Sheikh Muhyiddin Ibn Arabi. Did a Sheikh Abdul Qadir al-Jilani of Salafi Aqida or athari creed? Athari creed is the true Salafi Aqida. So the pseudo-Salafi creed is not the correct uh, athari creed. Yes, it is true. Ibn Hajar, Al Haytami, and Al Imam Subki both called Ibn Taymiyyah a deviant. Uh, another another question here. Did any of the Salaf say, I don't know, uh, that one has been answered. When will Islam answers atheism be back in stock in a few weeks? What's the difference between Mujassima and Mushabiha? Mujassima. Uh, say spli- explicitly that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a body while Mushabbihah do not explicitly ascribe a body to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what introduction to kalam books uh, meaning what book you should read maybe the Sunusi Creed is the first book you should start with Sheikh Asrat did the Salafu salaf- salaf- Salihun do al ma'na and is there any examples? There are numerous examples of tafidul ma'na if you check the works of the hadith. There is a question here with regard to uh, Diobandi and Brailvi unity uh, with regard to that I would refer you to a book, Al-Ittihadu Baina Al-Muslimin by Abdul Sattar Khan Niyazi This is a book you should read. Uh, someone asked, do you require a teacher to read Sunusi Creed? Yes, uh, you should always read these books with the teacher. Or can you read it on your own? If you do read it on your own and you cannot find a teacher, refer to my online lectures that you will find on the channel uh, explaining the Sunusi Creed in detail. And can you elaborate more on the mujassima and mushabbia? Mujassima are those who say, uh, ascribe jism to Allah explicitly. While mushabbia make a resemblance between Allah and the creation, but they do not explicitly ascribe a jism to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, here an interesting question: Imam Nawawi and Ibn Hajr weren't from the era and Maturidīya; they were from Ahlul hadith Wal-Athar, but feel, fell into mistakes concerning, concerning uh, considering some of the sifat. Again, this is false. Uh, the era were a broad uh, group of scholars, a, gr- a broad group of ulama. Some of them were Hadith masters, and they busied themselves with Hadith but they adopted the positions of the Ash'ari, which is the position of the Ahlul Hadith, because how can you then claim that the likes of Imam al-Bayhaqi rahimahullah ta'ala uh, are not from uh, the Ash'ari? he was an Ashari, and from the Ahlul Hadith. So many of the Ahlul Hadith scholars adopted the Ashari positions, and the Ashari positions are in fact not Ashari, but from the Salaf, the Salafus Salihun. So again, This falls into the rewriting of history, an attempt being done by some Salafis today where they claim that uh, Al-Imam al-Ghazali had a deathbed uh, repentance, or they say he repented by writing Al-Jamul Awam A a book where he reprimands the common people from delving into Al Kalam or Al-Imam al-Jawaini, all these different Imams that they had deathbed repentance. This is not true. Uh, The position they took when they take the position of the Salaf, is tafweedul ma'ana, meaning leaving the meaning to specific meaning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It does not mean that they adopted the minority position of understanding the outward uh, tashbih, comparing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to creation. This is false uh, propagation done by the pseudo Salafi movement. Someone says Ibn Taymiyyah said that Allah appeared to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as a good-looking young boy that is kufrun sarih please provide the reference for that uh, this narration was forged by some early Hanabila Fear to Allah we negate kifaya Someone says, how did you know it isn't forged? Did you write them or publish them? How we know it's forged? Firstly, the hadith masters who were contemporaneous to the hadith scholars, they declared it a forgery. Secondly, it was an interpolation of another narration. So the narration is describing Musa, which is authentically narrated. And then some people interpolated some wordings, later people. So the the narration describing the young man is from an early period. Okay, there's many questions which are off topic, but I believe uh, many uh, of aspects the subject have been touched. Next week, inshallah, in our uh, discourses and dialogues, we will be discussing the subject of tawassul, seeking a means through the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Which the pseudo Salafi movement deem as shirk, shirk meaning polytheism. This subject will be discussed in depth. And visitation of the, the grave of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu as well as building structures on the graves. What is the ruling on having structures on the graves or around the graves, or around the graves, and intercession with saints? All this will be discussed in great depth and detail. Uh, please inform others. Uh, regarding this uh, live next week an important subject uh, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that uh, what was discussed was adequate uh, and have your questions pre- prepared beforehand place your questions in the comment section at the end of this video for next week also any additional questions you have place them in the comments they will be answered in depth next week also inshallah ta'ala اقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم واتوب اليه